Hi, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. Wow, that's a pretty boring um, introduction to a podcast, isn't it? I've been using it for all my podcasts, but I've been thinking that maybe I should have a more upbeat um, intro. I was talking about this with my daughter Imogen on the way to town this morning as we were driving along. And I said to her, well, perhaps I ought to do something a bit more along these lines. Hey guys, this is Sue from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. This is going to be a really awesome show today, so I hope you've got your knitting ready, cup of coffee, sit down and listen to my show. Actually, that just gave me a bit of a sore throat saying all that. But anyway, I said to Imogen, what do you think? And she said, oh no, mum, I don't think that's you at all. And no, I don't think so either. Because, you know, I'm a really quite introverted person and that doesn't come naturally to me to uh, say something like that. But yes, I think I need something better to open and begin my podcasts. So I went looking for some info information about podcast introductions. I googled it. And I came to a page on Audacity with 11 points that a podcast introduction should have. 11 points just for an introduction. Wow, I hadn't even thought about half of these points. No, I don't have a sponsor, so I could go down to 10 at least. But yes, what should I have in my introduction? Well, I put together another introduction and we'll see how we go. This is the Stories of an Unschooling Family podcast. Unschooling, blogging, and family life. And I'm Sue Elvis. Welcome to Episode 8. Today we'll be talking about beginnings, endings, and a simple Christmas. So what do you think? I don't think that that's any more exciting than the first one, but I guess it does give you a little bit more information. It does tell you the name of the podcast you're listening to, who I am, and what you can expect to be listening to during today's episode. And in case you don't know, episode 8. Wow, I've done 8 podcasts. I think that's rather remarkable. Anyway, let's get talking about beginnings. Uh, last week was a beginning, the beginning of the new school term, the official start. And my husband, Andy, who you might have met in the last podcast, he's a school teacher and he went back to work last week. And our life changed a little again as our routine changed. Um, now we're, I guess, back to our normal term time activities. We have music lessons that I've got to get the girls to now and practices and we're doing uh, all those activities that we, we put aside while Andy was home. Now, Andy did a lot of preparation for his new school term during the last few days of his holiday, and we didn't do anything at all. We didn't really think about the beginning of the new school term. Actually, on the very first day of term, we uh, celebrated a birthday. It was Charlotte's 17th birthday, a new beginning, a new year for her. And we went on a picnic uh, down to the Botanic Gardens and had a really lovely day together. And when we came home, uh, as we pulled up on the driveway, I remarked to the girls how fortunate we are that uh, we can go and celebrate birthdays 
on a school day, whereas school kids have to go to school. Andy had to go to work. The, my my boys were busy as well. They can't just take time off because it's a birthday, but we can. Our time is our own, and yeah, we are very very fortunate. On the Wednesday. Uh, after the the day after the birthday, we went to our first homeschool meeting of the new term, and a couple of mothers there were remarking about getting back into the work of the term, as if they regretted the fact that the holidays had ended. And again, I thought, how fortunate we are! We enjoy the term time as well as the holidays. They're different, but、um, we're certainly not sad that the term time has started. It's an exciting time, and we're looking forward to the next few weeks of working on some of our projects together. And I guess that's one of the blessings of being unschoolers. Now, if I can go back to Charlotte's birthday, she got a very special present for her birthday. She got a graphics pad or a, a graphic. Tablet, and I want to talk about that. But before I do, I want to go back to Sophie. Now, a few podcasts ago, Sophie and I were talking about DSLR cameras, and Sophie really wanted to buy one because she, one of her chief passions, is photography, and she felt very limited by the camera she had. And we, I wish she managed to get one. We put together some money from her bank account and some loose change around the house, and I bid for a second-hand camera on eBay and won it for her. So now she has a good DSLR camera, but it doesn't end there. Now she's thinking that she'd like a new lens to go with her camera. She's got a couple of lenses, but she's got her eye on one in particular, and she also would like a, an external hard drive to store all her photos on because yeah, the raw files are huge. So she came to me the other day and said, "Mom, how do you think I could earn a bit of money so I can buy these things?" And we put our heads together and we thought about it. And、um, I thought about what skills the girls have. What could they do to earn themselves some money? And we thought about an Etsy shop. A few friends have Etsy shops, and I thought, well, perhaps I could learn how to set up an Etsy shop for the girls. But what would we sell? What would、um, other people like to buy from us? Now we could buy, make things like stuffed toys, and even though the girls are very crafty, they do like that sort of thing.、Um, there's a limit limitation to making things like that. You make one thing and then sell it. And then you have to make another one to 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 replace it. So you're continually replenishing your stock. And I said to the girls, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could、uh, offer something which never runs out, that we could sell it dozens and dozens of times to different people? And of course, what I was getting at was a computer file, something that people could download. And it didn't matter how many times it was downloaded; it would still be there for the next person to come along and buy and download. And so, what could we put in our file that would be attractive to other people? And I thought about paper dolls. There's um, I've been around the internet looking at paper dolls in Etsy shops, and people seem to be able to sell them. Paper dolls are very attractive.、Uh, people do buy them. And I was reminded of a blog that the girls created maybe four years ago. I think it's called、uh, the Serendipity Sisters Paper Dolls. It was created by Imogen and Charlotte.、Uh, they designed a series of paper dolls 
main paper doll was called Belle, and she never changed, but her clothes did, and they were offering different sets of clothes every week to dress this doll. Uh, they were offering them free on their blog. They hadn't thought about selling them, and it was just a bit of fun. But I'm thinking that one ste step ahead of this is setting up a paper doll Etsy shop to actually sell the file to people. Now, this is where Charlotte's new graphics tablet comes in. Uh, Charlotte loves drawing, and she has got, well, she did have an, an old graphics tablet, which she was using, but this new one is much better, and she'll be able to do a lot more things with it. And I gave it to her with this idea. I said, perhaps you and Sophie could set up a paper doll shop. How about making paper dolls of the characters out of my children's novel, The Angels of Abbey Creek. And both girls were very excited about this. My book does have illustrations. Uh, Ariana drew um, some very delightful pictures for my book, but she didn't draw the characters. So Charlotte is free to design the characters, picture them however she likes. So she has, you know, this is an art project for her that she might enjoy. And where does Sophie come into it? Well, I suggested that Charlotte give Sophie her old graphics tablet and um, Sophie could design the clothes. They could correspond to the different chapters in my book. Of course, the characters will need Christmas clothes, bush boy clothes. They'll need things to go on holiday in. Uh, maybe a first Holy Communion dress for Celeste. Well, that's one of the stories in the book. And the girls are very excited about this idea, and I'm quite excited too, because this means that my book, you know, I'll have merchandise to go with my book. Yeah, sort of rival Disney or something. Anyway, I don't know if anyone would be interested in them, but yeah, no one knows until we actually try it out. So that's um, our latest idea, the latest project the girls have that they're working on. Charlotte has already made, uh, drawn out one character as a paper doll. Her name is Celeste. She's uh, six, seven years old. And I'm really um, pleased with what she's drawn. It looks really nice. And I might post a picture of the um, paper doll on my blog if you would like, on my blog or Facebook page or maybe both, if you would like to go over and have a look. So that's the beginning, a beginning of a new project. And now I want to talk about an ending. Well, I guess it's a beginning and an ending. Uh, it's about or oh, three or four weeks now until the anniversary of our son Thomas's death. And if you know me or know my blog, you'll know Thomas's story. He was born on the 9th of November. And he died a, a day later, on the 10th of November. And I've written a lot of, of blog stories about Thomas. They're all mostly on my Sue Elvis Wright's blog, although I have gathered them all up together and put them on a separate blog as well, which is called Stories of Grief, Love and Hope. I've also written a book about Thomas, and that's called Grief, Love and Hope as well. And yes, I'm feeling that um a little sad as I'm anticipating uh remembering Thomas's birthday and death day. I know that when it arrives, I'm going to feel very sad. It's just that time of year, I guess. 
So while I've been thinking about Thomas's birthday, I've been thinking about teddy bears. Well, you see, every year I buy Thomas a teddy bear for his birthday. I also buy him one for Christmas, and sometimes other people buy him bears as well. Sometimes I buy him more than one bear for his birthday if I see two that I like. And of course, as you can imagine, after fifteen years. The bears are mounting up. We've got bears everywhere. They sit on shelves. They sit on my chest of drawers. I've got them on my bed. They're stuffed into baskets. Um, I haven't actually gone round and counted them all recently, but I guess there's around forty bears, and some of them are quite big. And as I look around, I think, well, where are we going to put any more bears? They're overflowing the house. And I think back to. Um, something my friend Sarah said to me when I bought the very first bear years ago. She said, "Sue, what are you going to do with all these bears in the future?" And um, yeah, I didn't answer her question. I thought, well, you know, it's not going to be a problem. I can collect a few bears. This is something I really want to do. We'll find room for all these bears. And now, after fifteen years, I'm thinking. Sarah had a point. I'm willing to admit that maybe I should have listened to Sarah when she said this, and maybe I should have collected something for Thomas that was a little bit smaller. On the other day, I was talking about this with my husband, and he said, "Well, we could collect matchbox cars. They're smaller, and you know, I rather like the idea of matchbox cars. But the tradition is bears. We've been collecting them for a long time, and can we suddenly change over to matchbox cars?" I don't know. I mean, the girls. When I mentioned stopping buying Thomas his teddies, they were quite aghast. Mom, this is a, a tradition. We've been doing this for Thomas for a long time now, and they want to continue buying bears. So I don't know if we can swap over to matchbox cars. So I had another think about it, and I thought, well, maybe we can make the bears small, miniature bears. And I thought this is a great solution. So I went to、uh, the internet. And I went searching for miniature bears, and then I got a shock because the smaller the bear, the more they cost. They're really quite expensive, and I don't think I can afford to buy miniature bears for Thomas. So I thought, what am I going to do this year? So I put this question on my Facebook page. I told people my dilemma, and I asked for some suggestions. What would other people do if they were in my shoes? And some kind people stopped by with some very helpful suggestions.、Uh, one person suggested that we made our own bears,、uh, because you can make a bear any size you like. So I went on the internet yet again, did another search for patterns for bears, and came up with some beautiful ones for crocheted bears. Yeah, they're really quite cute, and you can make some really tiny ones. And I imagine it wouldn't take very long. To make them, and I quite like that idea. And someone else suggested that we buy the bears as usual, and then give them away to charity. But first, take a photo of the bear and make a bear book,、um, virtual bears, I suppose. And I like that idea too, except for the fact that you can't hug a virtual bear. You can't hug a photograph. Bears are meant to be hugged, which. Would have been a problem in the past. Maybe a, that would be all right now. But one of the things about Thomas's bears、um, is not that they don't just sit around. But I've actually offered them to the girls in the past when they have needed some sort of comfort, when they haven't been able to get to sleep, or when、um, they've been feeling、uh, sick. 
I've said to them, would you like to go and choose a Thomas Teddy to hold? Um, it might make you feel better. And they have always wanted to do this. And for some reason, Thomas's teddies always help. So yes, bears are meant to be hugged. Um, there was another suggestion. Maybe start a different collection, like a collection of charms. Start off with a teddy bear charm. I like that as well. Um, a few more suggestions. So I'm going to think about that one. <laughs> Maybe we can change the tradition a little. I don't think Thomas will mind if we change the tradition uh, at all. But it's um, whether we can change the tradition. I think if the tradition isn't actually working for us anymore, the sensible thing will be to change it if I can get the girls to agree. Now, one other thing I always do for Thomas's birthday is write him a birthday story and post it on my blog. But this year, I I would like to make a podcast for him. I record some of the uh, memories and stories of his birth and death. I don't know if anyone would want to listen. I've been thinking about this. Maybe other people who have had a grief experience might be interested in Thomas's stories. His stories are really quite popular with people. I've been really quite surprised how many people have come along and shared Thomas's grief stories. Not only people that have lost babies, but other people as well. And I guess grief is a common experience. Uh, yes, we're all going to grieve at some time in our lives, even if we don't lose a baby. And this reminds me of a story that a friend told me. She was up in a bookshop in Sydney. The bookshop stocks my book, Grief, Love and Hope. And while she was there, a lady picked up a copy of my book and she was very disparaging about it. She said, why on earth did she write a book about um, the loss of her baby? Uh, that's not going to help. She should have just uh, got on with life. It's no good um, stewing in the grief. You have to just get on with life. And she couldn't understand why I had written the book. Now, I guess that she didn't buy a copy of the book. She probably put it back on the shelf. And it amuses me, this story, really. It doesn't really hurt me at all. It it amused me. But then I started to feel a little sorry for this lady as well, because obviously she hasn't experienced grief. And she will, because we all will. It's a common experience. As I said, we're all going to experience it someday. So one day she will understand why I wrote that story. Now, Thomas's teddies overflowing our house remind me of something else. It's not just teddies that are everywhere. We, Our house is overflowing with all kinds of stuff. Most of it we don't need. And a few months ago, I wrote a blog post about getting rid of our stuff. I started reading minimalism blogs, getting some ideas about how I could actually make our lives a lot simpler and yes, I made some resolutions to get rid of everything that we didn't actually need. So how am I going? Um, I have to admit I'm not going very well at all. Uh, I did set out and I, um, it's not the problem of, uh, coming to terms with, uh, giving things away. I'm quite happy about that. It's the mess. It involves a lot of mess to actually sort things out and give them away. 
I've got、uh, things stacked up by the front door in bags and boxes, waiting to be carted away to a charity shop or the resource cycling recycling center. And I don't want to get any more stuff out and increase the size of the pile, because the house is starting to look a mess.、Um, we don't live in town; we live a little way out, and I can't just put stuff into the boot of the car and. A drive immediately off to town to to the charity shop and get rid of it instantly. It has to gather there until I've got quite a lot that makes my trip into town worthwhile. And in the meantime, um, yeah, we've got to put up with the mess. And I think some ways it's just easier to leave it all in drawers and in cupboards where I can't see it, and in the garage and just not open the door. But yes, I've got to do something about this eventually. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I just have to brave it,、uh, put up with the mess, while because、um, it'll all be better in the long run. And I'm wondering. A few people said that they wanted to accompany me on this journey of、uh, simplifying their lives. So how are you getting on? How's other people coping? Is any does anybody have any tips, any success stories to share? Now talking about. Um, simplifying. I've got another story about that. On Saturday, I went into town to do some shopping, and I went into Big W, which is like a department store here. And as I was rushing down the aisles looking for the few things that I wanted to buy, I noticed that the shelves are full of Christmas decorations. And I gulped when I saw them, and my heart skipped a beat, and all of a sudden, I felt really stressed. Christmas, Christmas is just around the corner. Well, it's not exactly around the corner. We've got a few weeks yet, but the shops are trying to convince us that yes, Christmas is on our doorstep, and we've got all these things to do before Christmas arrives. And how am I going to do them all? I mean to say, I meant to have started my Christmas shopping months ago, and of course I haven't.、Um, yeah, I've left it. Too late, apparently, and I'm feeling stressed out about this. The whole idea of Christmas, and now I feel really sad saying that because Christmas is the most, well, one of the most joyous times of the year. I think it's only topped by Easter. The Easter Vigil is really the culmination of joy. But yeah, Christmas is a time of joy, and we all should be looking forward to it. And what am I doing? I'm thinking. Oh no, Christmas is coming, and I'm feeling a sense of dread. So I want to make. I'm having some ideas. Well, I haven't had any ideas yet, but I would like to have some ideas about having a simple Christmas. I want to prune down. I would like to have a Christmas that is absolutely stuffed with meaning and with joy and with fun for all the family, but to be low on stress. I wonder, is this possible? Could we have such a Christmas? What do you think? Is it possible to have that kind of Christmas? Um, I don't know. There's certain outside expectations. People outside the family do expect us to join in with present giving and other things associated with Christmas. We can't just sit back and have an isolated Christmas, and that wouldn't be good anyway. But. Yeah, the other big thing about Christmas I find is Christmas cards. I absolutely hate the idea of writing, buying, and writing my Christmas cards, which is rather、um, a party pooper attitude. I know. Every Christmas I say, "Well, I'm not going to do Christmas cards this year. I can't cope." 
and every single time I change my mind at the last minute and I buy some, and I write them and I post them, because I think that、uh, people send me Christmas cards and I enjoy going to the mailbox during Advent and finding Christmas cards from friends in there. And some of those friends I only communicate with once a year, and I would miss those little notes and greetings from them if they suddenly decided that they no longer wanted to send Christmas cards to me. And I like displaying them. We pin them up、uh, with pegs on、uh, loops of string across the windows, and the kids enjoy them. So yeah, I I probably will send Christmas cards as usual. Yeah, but how do I make the whole process enjoyable? I don't know. <laughs>、uh, I think maybe we should make some Christmas cards, make a few of our gifts, maybe start right now. Because if we don't start right now, yes, it's all going to、uh, be too much for us. And with that, I think I've come to the end of another podcast, number eight. Oh, before I go, I just like to say. I'm now on iTunes.、Um, that's another beginning.、Uh, it took me a long time to work out how to do it. I couldn't quite understand the instructions, but eventually I got my image embedded in my podcasts and submitted、uh, the link to iTunes. And three days later, I got my email saying my podcast had been approved. And yeah, I'm there. So if you'd like to go over to iTunes to the iTunes Store. And subscribe to my podcast. I think that would be very exciting for me. <laughs> I would like that very much.、Um, the other thing you could do is go over to my Facebook page,、um, Sue Elvis Writes.、Uh, it's named after my first blog that I created.、Um, you'd find me over there with all the extra blog stuff. I post links and photos, extra information. We sometimes have a few discussions over there. So please feel welcome to join us. And as usual, I'll put the program notes or show notes on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. And please visit my blog, and、uh, if you'd like to read those as well. So it's time to end end my podcast. I probably should have a really catchy ending as well. So maybe I ought to Google how to end a podcast. But I'll do that next time. Just for today, I'll say. Thank you for listening to my podcast.、Um, I hope you'll join me next week for episode nine. Until then, goodbye.